Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 132 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I am here with my pal in real life and my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. How's it going? It's somehow we're already a quarter of the way through the fantasy season, so it's it's going by fast. And we got some key players coming back this week, so oh, any thoughts, Josiah? Um, yeah, no, week four kind of feels like, a, you know, I like to kind of break the fantasy season up into portions, at least in my mind. Um, and yeah, week four does kind of feel like the end of the first portion of the season when you can start to not necessarily draw full conclusions. Cause of course there's going to be second half breakouts and guys that, you know, uh, you know, are, we're doing, are doing really good right now. I think of guys like, um, Oh man, fuck. What was the, the, uh, Devin Duvernay, uh, last year, uh, this around this time last year was a top 12 receiver. So, you know, there's always the, you know, and obviously he dropped off the face of the map map shortly after that. So, uh, you know, there's always going to be guys like that, but you know, at this point we can start to feel more or less confident about guys roles and you know, how much work they're going to be getting week to week. So, uh, yeah, starts to, starts to get a little bit more clear and it's a, it's a good time to kind of reevaluate, um, you know, refresh from your preconceived preseason notions and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of that today yeah damn right and uh luckily the injuries weren't quite as bad this week in fact we got some good news headed your way so uh we can start off with that uh some big names jonathan taylor and cooper cup were full participants at practice today and uh, that being wednesday uh, and the window has been open for them to be activated off of the pup list. Um, I know initially like cup was listed as a partial participant and like McVeigh even like read that off, uh, in, the in the press conference and was like, why did I say that? He was like, he, he was fully, you know, he was at full uh, capacity today. So, um, yeah, it looks like they're going to be activated pretty soon. Uh, they even said that Jonathan Taylor has a chance to play this week. And uh, reports are that his relationship with the Colts has improved and he got a whole bunch of, um, you know, good quotes from teammates, you know, kind of having his back and whatnot. So it seems like that situation has definitely gotten better. Couldn't have gotten much worse, but uh, it, it looks you know more likely now than it did back then that he, he'll he be willing to play for this team. So um, it certainly seems to be trending in that direction. As far as Cooper Cup goes, uh, he's looking good as well. Reports are that his injury wasn't as severe as first thought when he was first uh, placed on the pup list. And uh, that he's looking good as well. So, um, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully we get both of these guys back this week, um, even if it's in a limited capacity. But, uh, but uh, yeah, are, do you have much shares of these guys? Have you been holding on to them, ex- you know, expecting a blowout the second part of the season? You know, what was your strategy as far as they go? Um, yeah, no, definitely. They both kind of felt like lottery ticket pieces, especially, um, you know, in redraft and dynasty, depending on what your strategy is. Um, I did sell Jonathan Taylor off in a couple of dynasty leagues, but I still have him in uh, two or three and uh, same for cup. And, uh, you know, I have cup in, uh, I believe two redraft leagues uh, on my IR. So definitely anticipating and hoping for them to come back and my fantasy rosters will be happy when that happens with Taylor, you know, it does look like it's a little bit more cleared up, but you know, it's, I I think I'm, you know, more at this point, I'm, you know, feel more confident in cup. Just because there's no 
weird exterior situation going on. We know that Jonathan Taylor is going to have to play, you know, a couple of games to accrue his calendar year, but theoretically, you know, he could, you know, sit out later in the year. Uh, there could, you know, I, things might not be hunky dory and, uh, you know, we'll still see, uh, how many more weeks, you know, theoretically there's still three weeks that, uh, until he would have to come back. So, um, yeah, you know, with him, I'm still a little iffy, but at the same time, it's a good time to kind of either, you know, roll the dice and go try to trade for him. Um, or, you know, it might be difficult to do also, uh, to, at this time, cause the guy that's been holding on to him is probably got his first light of hope. So, uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting situation, but definitely once he's back on the field, I mean, I think you would agree the Colts look way better. Their offense looks way better than we expected it to. So I think, uh, I mean, it'll only look better with him. And, uh, you know, Zach Moss has been going the fuck off. Uh, yeah. So, if, if I mean, even if Jonathan Taylor just replaces what Zach Moss has been doing, that'll still be, you know, very fantasy uh, relevant and exciting for, for our rosters. Yeah, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is way better than Zach Moss, as we all know. So, um, yeah, and he, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're, you know, Jonathan Taylor's situation is a little harder to predict, but I'd say the risk is about the same just because, you know, uh, Taylor I don't think is injured. I don't think he was significantly injured to get put on pup anyway. It was more due to contract stuff, but they already said he's fully healthy. Um, Cooper Cup, you know, being older and also the hamstring, you know, those do have a history of flaring back up at times. So, um, so yeah, it's like, you know, contract situation with Taylor or, you know, hamstring injury stuff with Cup uh, and that uh, stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult, but um, you know, I did see where Anthony Richardson as well was like, I'm really good friends with Taylor. We text every other day, so um, I don't know. It feels like he has a really good rapport with his teammates, and that you know that and seeing that the team isn't hot garbage like some of us uh, probably thought earlier on, um, and he's probably imagining what he can do. Him and Anthony Richardson running the ball. If if Zach Moss can do this, then Taylor could be uh, going bonkers. So, so yeah, I think he wants to get out there more so than at the start of the season. But we will have to wait and see. Um, T, uh, just moving on to the injuries, uh, T Higgins has a rib injury. He mispracticed uh, today on Wednesday. So keep an eye on that. Uh, he could be a game time decision or straight up miss this next week. Um, Traylon Burks also mispracticed on Wednesday and uh, he was out last week. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on him. But uh, as far as redraft goes, you're probably not starting him anyway. So, um, but uh, some good news, uh, Salvin Ahmed was back at practice. Uh, looked like he was back in full as well, which is a surprise they didn't need to get ramped up. So uh, that was good to see. Um, Kenny Pickett says he will start Sunday. It looked like that was uh, in serious doubt earlier on in the week, but he says he'll be available. Uh, Zay Jones also returned to practice. Uh, he was limited. So hopefully we finally get him back this next week. He had a great start to the season, and Lawrence definitely needs him. And uh, Jimmy G also likely to return this uh, week off of concussion protocol. So some good news on the injury front. Uh, anything I missed as far as that goes? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, and uh, luckily there wasn't any super catastrophic injuries, at least to fantasy relevant uh, positions. You know, there was Tredavious White. It's a big blow to the uh, to the Bills defense. But, you know, obviously as far as fantasy guys go, yeah, uh, the, the the fantasy gods were generous this week and didn't take anybody away. So, 
Uh, that's, that's at least for the long term. Uh, so that's, that's nice to see, but, yeah. um, all right, well, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get well, oh. two more things real quick. Um, oh, just wanted to update, uh, NFL updated its gambling policy. So it's actually gotten stricter. It did reduce the uh, number of games. If you're caught gambling on other sports, uh, on NFL grounds, it's reduced to two weeks for that. Um, then it's the normal one game suspension and they've upgraded the uh, gambling on NFL games. Like you're, if you gamble on your own team, um it is a two-year suspension now so the policy as a whole has actually gotten stricter they're really trying to crack down on this so um so yeah keep an eye on that hopefully the players wisen up and don't uh, uh, have any issues there but there are some implications from that that we'll get into later and uh final update i just wanted to give um you know we gave an update last week on nick chubb and he has since had surgery to repair his mcl I uh, also had needed repairing on his meniscus as well. Uh, but this was kind of uh, you know, surprising news. He will have to have a second surgery to repair his ACL. Now, I don't believe I haven't seen anywhere where they said his ACL is like completely torn or anything. Uh, but clearly there was some damage there that they're going to have to go in there and, and clean up uh, maybe a partial tear or I, I'm not sure, maybe some stretching. So, um, but yeah, there, uh, you know, that is, you know, at first, we you know kind of thought the worst, and then there was a whole lot of really good reports that it was only his MCL a week ago, and now it looks like there's um you know it's kind of in between where um there's a little more damage than we thought last week, but less than we thought initially. So, um, so that sucks. It's not a career ender, hopefully, but it definitely is a little bit more um, trouble for him. Yeah, not to you know it obviously sucks, and not to make too light of it, but I did see someone made the comparison in it it's it's kind of funny and and uh it's apt uh it's like if you like getting a really just watch a car get completely smashed and then like the guy comes out and is like oh looks like the car's not totaled and you're like i don't know dude and then like he goes back and looks at it, he's like It'll oh, buff out. It, it actually is it actually <laughs> is totaled and you're like yeah dude i could have fucking told you that yeah, but yeah that's yeah. that's kind of what this situation feels like i mean um, luckily but... it doesn't appear to be as bad as the one he had in college in that near where he tore literally everything but um yeah definitely uh not, not as good as we wanted yeah, no uh, doubt, no doubt. You, you but, mentioned uh, trailing, trading Jonathan Taylor in a few leagues, and I know there's one league where I'm rebuilding and you're competing. And yeah. given that information early in the season, you traded me Taylor, and I, uh, I gave you Chubb. And oh, how the turntables. Hey, but the good news <laughs> is you gave me Jerome Ford as well. And, hey, yeah, yeah. and also you gave me a Debbie pick. So as long as that Debbie pick uh, turns out uh, – then you know I, I'll still I'll still be able to hang my head high and you know you can't convict, uh, but yeah no definitely a, a big big blow that that roster that I thought I was competing in I believe is one and three at this point so yeah I really gotta figure some things out uh, in that league but um, anyways let's uh, get into the waivers uh, um, I said this last week but I really meant it this week I mean last week we had uh, Devon Achan. And now we got nothing like that. So uh, there really is pretty, pretty slim this week, uh, but we will get into these names. I don't have anybody to talk about at quarterback. Nate, if there's somebody you want to mention, maybe somebody that's uh, in 10 team leagues or maybe, maybe even in one quarterback or whatever. But if you have anybody you wanted to, uh, to throw out there, feel free. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's, it's really, dry this weekend at, at pretty much all positions but uh i mean a guy i do think you know if you're especially if you're in 12 team leagues and super flex obviously 
Um, Zach Wilson, I think, is worth a stash at least as a QB3 just in case he can continue form. Um, it's a big if, but, uh, you know, the team seems to be kind of rallying around him a little bit. He does have some upside. I think, uh, let me see, he finished uh, QB12 overall this last week. So, yeah, obviously QB1 upside, but uh, even if he can just develop into a QB2 that you can start when needed, that would be great. So, um, so yeah, as far as quarterbacks on the waiver wire, he's about the only name I could uh, think of this week. Yeah, yeah, I think he does deserve to be rostered at this point, and that was questionable. I mean, I have him as my quarterback three um, in a dynasty or two. Wasn't really expecting to have him as that role this this year, but yeah, um, played Mahomes. Yeah, but but definitely a redraft. I think he'll be. Um, he may not play Mahomes as well, uh, but yeah, I think in redraft, uh, you know, he he he'll be available in some of those waiver wires, and uh, you know, definitely worth if you don't have a quarterback three and super flex uh, snagging him up. So. Um, all right, well, we'll move on to running back. Uh, this is a guy that uh, this is really the only guy I picked him up in three leagues this week. Didn't spend too much fab. I think like $8 fab was the most I spent on him. But uh, he did finally have a week that wasn't uh, completely horrible. <laughs> I think he had 11 fantasy points, and that is uh, Devin Singletary. So, you know, the Houston Texans, uh, you know, were able to have a very good game script game. And uh, I think in games where we can project that Devin Singletary can be started as a, you know, running back to, uh, you know, last week. Um, uh, oh, that's in, that's in standard. So, sorry. So uh, I'm trying to find, uh, yeah, uh, his stats from last week. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So, so he, he actually had eight, uh, 8.8 points in, uh, in, in uh, PPR, but, you know, got some pass catching work. Um, and you know, I think he's somewhat startable on games where you can, you know, project that the Texans will be scoring a lot of points. Maybe they're playing not such a great defense or, uh, you know, situations like that. Uh, Singletary, I think is a good back to start. And of course there is the, uh, I think he has some upside if, you know, Pierce were to go down, obviously his workload would, would greatly increase. Uh, we don't want that to happen, but uh, I do, you know, there's some guys that if the guy above them went down, there's not that much to gain or they just bring in some other guy to, to, to uh, share the load with him. And I think in Devin Singletary's case, he actually could be the workhorse in that backfield if the situation arose. So he's my number one uh, running back on the waiver wire. Uh, Nate, you got any thoughts or is there uh, somebody else you had at, at number one there for the running backs? Yeah, the number one guy I had, uh, especially if you need to start this week, you know, we have uh, four teams on bye this week. So first bye week of the season, um, if you need a running back to start, I honestly think uh, Geo McLaughlin, I believe that's how you say his name, is going to be a good start to have. Um, they're playing the Jets, which isn't like amazing, but they've been pretty good uh, for running backs in fantasy so far, at least middle of the road. And uh, last week he was the RB10 and uh, he had over 100 yards from scrimmage. Definitely adds something that the Broncos have been missing there, um, which is just explosiveness and speed out of the backfield. So, and the way Sean Payton was talking about him after the game, he was talking about, you know, reevaluating his role and trying to get him more involved, you know, that kind of thing. So um, also, you know, just, we, we save this for right now, uh, as far as injuries go, but Javante Williams went out of uh, last week's game with a, what is now known as a quad injury. Initially they called it a hip injury, but um, now it's been changed to a quad. And uh, he also missed Wednesday's 
practice with that as well. So there's a good chance Javante's going to miss this week. And uh, if he does, Jaleel McLaughlin, I think, is definitely a a good start to have there. Uh, got a fairly decent matchup, and Sean Payton is the kind of coach that's going to lean into this because the Broncos have needed something, and in the one win they've had, they've given this ball the, the ball to this guy a lot, and it's worked for them. So uh, I expect more of that uh, going forward, especially this week. Yeah, no, that's the second guy I had on my list, and I totally agree. He's a better start, um, you know, probably for this week. You know, honestly, I've never really been on the Samaj P. Ryan train. I don't think he's that good. You know, in week one, he had 12 points, but otherwise he hasn't gotten above five and a half points. Um, so I, I, I think even when Javante's back, and this injury isn't expected to be serious, if anything, it's, you know, he might miss this week. And I think... If I uh, recall correctly, they have a bye next week, so they might just hold, hold them out for this week and then, uh, you know, have that bye. Their bye is they in don't... week nine, actually. Okay, 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 sorry. So thanks for the correction. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, either way, um, it's not expected to be long. I do think that Jalil McLaughlin is pretty much just going to take over Samaj P. Ryan as the second back in that backfield. Um, I, I just don't think Samaj P. Ryan has much, and... You're right that, uh, you know, even as a pass catcher, I mean, Javante is very talented as a pass catcher and he hasn't really had a chance to get going. Obviously, he got injured in like the second drive of this game, this last game. But uh, definitely as a pass catcher, um, I think McLaughlin far outseeds uh, P. Ryan. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good pickup. It's not anything that I would spend a lot of fab on or feel super good on. I wouldn't spend, you know, more than eight dollars, seven or eight dollars or seven, eight percent of your fab left on him. But uh, he he very well could be a good start. And you're right. There are some uh, desperate situations. uh, Some people might have where uh, they need to. That might be the best uh, start you'll be able to get in at running back in your lineup this week. So in that case, maybe you need to spend more. But uh, I don't know how much long-term staying power it's going to have, but it very well could have more than I'm, I'm leading on. I just, uh, um, you know, I, I do, would you agree with that, Nate, or would you be willing to spend more? Or are you kind of more in on the the long-term outlook um, as, as far as McLaughlin goes? Uh, I think he's going to cut out a role for himself and remain relevant. The rest of the season, honestly, maybe not like you can start them every week relevant, but um, right, right, yeah. I mean, this Sean Payton has liked to do this where he gets two backs one that's a little bit you know lightning and one that's thunder. And um, yeah, uh, that was this was by far the best performance out of a running back that the Broncos have had all season, so I don't expect them to give him less touches going forward. Um, even when Javante comes back, I mean, Javante himself has been inefficient both on the ground he's averaging less than four yards a carry and through the air as well so um they need a spark on in that running back committee and i agree samaji p ryan looks like he looks worse than last year and uh, obviously the team isn't as good so um he's going to get relegated back but i I do think Jaleel mclaughlin is going to um yeah create a role for himself for the rest of the season yeah i do think he'll have a role i you know then i you know kind of spoke on that i guess i just uh don't know for fantasy how how relevant he'll be um on a week-to-week basis. And like you said, he might not be startable on a week-to-week basis, but definitely good game scripts and, and things of that nature. And, and yeah, I, I don't think he's going to, I don't think there's any fear of him overtaking Javante. Um, but, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, Javante definitely, you know, we expected him to kind of start out the season a little bit slow coming back from that injury. The fact that he was playing it all is, is pretty impressive. And, uh, 
you know, I think as the season progresses, uh, Javante will is, is clearly the best running back in that backfield. But, uh, but anyways, I, I don't have any other running backs. Um, is there anybody else you want to touch on? Um, or do you want to move on to wide receivers? Yeah, I'll just mention Chuba Hubbard uh, just because he got a lot of touches last week and Miles Sanders is nicked up. So, um, so yeah, he's honestly not been playing bad. It's it's a shitty offense, but, um, you know, if something does happen to Sanders or if Chuba starts just really outperforming him on a consistent basis, then, uh, you know, he could be getting more touches. But I think he, if you're in a pinch this week, you could at least use him as a start. I like that call. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean – he has been playing well. He's had one game where he had two points, but every other game it's been, you know, nine points, 10 points last week was seven points. So, you know, not blowing the world out or anything, but as far as guys on the waiver wire, if you need an RB two this week, you know, seven to 10 points is, uh, and, and yeah, like you said, I think Miles Sanders had a full practice today. It looks like, I think he's going to be okay, but you know, mm-hmm. if he were to miss time, definitely we'd expect those numbers to go up. So, um, all right, well, I'll move on going in, getting into wide receiver and, um, yeah, you mentioned it earlier with the gambling policy. So it's kind of screwed up. So my number one receiver is Jamison Williams. It's kind of screwed up. Um, they like retroactively did this. So like he only needed to be suspended for the first two games based on what he did because he didn't bet on the NFL. He just did it inside of his, uh, facility inside of the lion's facility. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's, you know, obviously missed four games now, but, uh, he was expected to miss six originally, uh, but now he will be back this week. Or at least we expect he'll be back and playing this week. Um, I'm assuming he was at practice. I haven't necessarily read a report about that, but I'm assuming he, you know, practiced in full and uh, is going to immediately come into the team. You know, Josh Reynolds was a guy that, um, you know, had a hot start to the season. I think Jamison Williams is going to kind of start to take his role. Uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown will still be the guy that's getting the majority of the targets and the short area stuff. Uh, but Jamison Williams will be that down the field burner. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it still kind of remains to be seen. I mean, you know, Nate, you were a little bit higher on the talent coming out, but I still thought he was a very talented receiver uh, coming out of college. Most people did. He was the 12th overall pick. Uh, so, you know, I do expect that now that everything's settled down, he's healthy, uh, you know, this, this, uh, gambling situations behind him, uh, he should finally, you know, have his chance to break out and really have a, a, a fantasy relevant role, uh, moving forward. So, um, I think he's the highest upside pick, uh, for this week. There's a couple of other guys that maybe are safer just based on his kind of year and a half of nothing so far. But, uh, you know, I do think that, uh, he can finally start to get his shine on, but, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, is there anybody you would rather have a, a, above him for a wide receiver this week? Honestly, it's close, but yeah, I think there is, I, I think I would rather have Michael Wilson from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, He's been fantastic so far as a rookie, and you'd expect him to only get better as a rookie. And uh, he has the upside of uh, Kyler Murray coming back at some point this year. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm really – I got him late in a lot of rookie drafts, uh, as a lot of people were able to. But, um, yeah, it's just the the effect – I've said it before. The effect of a backup quarterback is often overstated, and it definitely has been with the Cardinals this year. And uh, Michael Wilson has benefited from that. So, um, so yeah, I think he offers kind of similar upside and has definitely given you a safer floor so far in his career than uh, anything Jameson Williams has shown. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and that's my second guy as well. I agree it's a difficult yeah. decision. I think for me it's just uh, – and I think Michael Wilson, I think he was like my wide receiver 10 or something in this class uh, before the uh, draft happened. Uh, but um, – and I think even still he was in the top 12 somewhere, if I recall. But anyways, uh, you know, I do just think that Jameis Williams has a little bit more talent and upside and is in a better – I mean, despite the Arizona Cardinals being – way better than any of us expected i do think that the lions are still a much better situation and even once kyler came back i'd still probably just one for one probably take the Lions situation uh but all that being said definitely last week he had the 26 point game so you know it's fresh on our minds he you know had that explosive game uh the week before he had 10 points and you know before that you know he was a rookie working his way in four points seven points but um yeah definitely i think that uh they both have a lot of upside, um, and and Michael Wilson is looking like he's kind of taken over as the kind of sharing that one A one B role with uh, with Hollywood Brown. So um, yeah, I just think that I, I guess they're both in really similar situations. I guess just for me overall, I'd rather have the Lions situation and yeah, the the guy that was drafted you know in the first round. But I do understand that you know Jameis Williams is kind of he hasn't necessarily had a slow start on the field when he had his first game last year. He, he had a 41 yard, you know, touchdown pass, but you know, the two games after that, that he played, he didn't really do much. And, uh, uh, so yeah, and that small three game sample size, he hasn't really had his, uh, major breakout yet, but, uh, you know, obviously injury. And then this gambling situation has kind of prevented him from, um, uh, you know, showing us that he can do the same thing that Michael Wilson's done four games into his career now. Uh, yeah, no, he, he played six games last year, man. And he only had one oh, wow. catch. Okay. 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 So when was that, when was that, that touchdown catch in, in relation to the sixth game he played like first game or that was game? his fifth game. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So maybe, uh, I mean, was he like running, getting targets in those other games or he just wasn't on the field? Uh, I've, uh, let me check his target total. I know he ended up with like two or three, like he had a couple drops, uh, on not very many targets. Um, okay, okay. I remember because his drop ratio was like something absolutely ridiculous, but uh, got you, got you. Yeah, no, well, fair enough. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was three or four games, but yeah, six games, a little bit longer of a sample size, but um, yeah, yeah no, he had I, you know, eight, definitely getting... eight targets. Oh, okay. hold, hold on, hold on, eight targets and one catch that's over the, the six games, total. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but how many of those were drops just versus just like bad? I don't down have the, the list. Field. I'm just looking at his okay, like total I mean, stats. Good. I would have to pull yeah, that yeah. Up. So definitely didn't get the work that we did like. And you know, I think he was a little bit in the doghouse last year too uh, for some things. In fact, I don't remember the full situation, but uh, but yeah, no, I I don't blame you for taking Michael Wilson over him. Uh, I don't feel super confident uh, that you know Jamison Williams is the guy that's that I'd rather have. But uh, I do just think leaning on the Lions situation and the overall pedigree of the player is is kind of why i um i side with williams but uh but you got anybody else you want to mention here uh no honestly th those are the only two names uh the one that i will add and it looks like uh, this could be the one guy that you may want on this offense period uh but wandell robinson is getting heavily targeted and is doing well with the ball he's the only guy that's like doing something with the ball in his hands, like getting yards after the catch on that entire team. Um, so yeah, I, it's not a guy that I necessarily want to like 
get into my lineup right away, but he's a young player. He's another guy that was a rookie last year that was kind of plagued by some injuries, but he did have some bright moments even last year. And, uh, you know, I do think that as time progresses, he could be the, the Giants uh, receiver that kind of emerges as their hopefully threat that the defenses have to worry about because right now they they have zero of that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that is the the last guy I'll throw in there. Nice. Yeah, good, good. Also, I don't want to be called a liar. So just a correction. Um, it was one catch out of nine targets, not eight last year for James Williams. So I just want to think. I just want to say Michael Wilson did more in last game than Jameson Williams has. So six to be clear, I remember you having him ranked a couple of spots ahead of me, you know, in the rookie process. And once he landed with the Lions and all of that, are you kind of just out on him? It sounds like you're you just don't you don't feel the same way you once did about him because compared to where his ADP has been yeah I've, I've been out on him um just because he had six games didn't really do anything well and he doesn't have any he's a he's a waiver wire pickup right now this isn't no no not... I'm talking about like you're, you're asking about Jameson Williams over the course of like his career and how I felt right. on him coming out of college um yeah I mean he, he he has kind of been bonehead and he's had some drop issues and he hadn't really been relevant in six games and he's kind of been in the doghouse. And I also think like just the situation is the Lions have a lot more receivers that can eat targets away from him than Michael Wilson does in the Cardinals offense. So um, there's no third guy that's going to threaten him, whereas like Josh Reynolds already has a good connection. He's playing very well. And Khalif Raymond has been getting consistent work every game. So um, plus you have Sam Laporta there. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I don't think the situation is quite as favorable as maybe you do for for Jameson. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, yeah, I, maybe I need to go out and try to make a couple offers in Dynasty and stuff for him. I'm, I'm sure some owners are kind of tired of him, but I still think he has the talent. And, uh, you know, I I feel like this happens a lot, but, you know, I, I don't knock him as much for, you know, the whole gambling, not on the NFL thing. I, you know, I don't. I don't know if the how bonehead. I mean, it was stupid, I guess, in the Lions facility, but it seems like a lot of players were pretty unclear about that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. Well, but anyways, we've exhausted this topic. Uh, you didn't have any more wide receivers, right? Nope. Uh, we want to move on to tight end. I don't have a tight end, so if you have a tight end to mention, feel free. And if not, we can move right on past these waiver wires. Yeah, obviously, if Cole Komet's available, um, you know, you probably just saw his best game this season, but he is tied in three on the season so far, so he's he's worth rostering. Um, Damn, he's tied in three after that game? Yeah, tied in three or four, I believe, depending on what league you're in. Yeah, he's you right, good game. three, yeah, after a 27-point game. Wow. Yeah, it's just, it's... yeah, tight ends are so bad, you can have one blow-up game right now, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously he would be number one for me. And then, uh, just repeating names that I said last week, uh, Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys, uh, mm -hmm. definitely worth rostering. And, uh, Logan Thomas is still not, uh, rostered in a lot of leagues. And, uh, he had himself a nice week, uh, last week. I think it was his first week back. Let me check on that. Um, da -da -da -da. Uh, it wasn't as nice as I thought, but he did get 41 yards. So, uh, so yeah, not, not too, too bad. Fine and he was, for a tight end, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly. And uh, the first two weeks before he got injured, and he got knocked out in one of these games, but he was tied in 11 and tied in 10. So, so yeah, Logan Thomas, I still think is worth a stash, but uh, those are the only names I had. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Um, Logan Thomas is definitely the one that's 
more than likely available. Those other two guys mm. probably by this point are scooped up. Maybe there's somebody that kind of gave up on the Colcomet the week before had had a four point game. So maybe mm. somebody had dropped him, but uh, you know, definitely he was a more drafted guy, but yeah, tight end three after that one game is, is I didn't quite realize that, but uh, don't take much stuff. Yeah. It doesn't take much right now, but uh, all right. Well, in order to pick up these guys, we got to drop some guys. Here's a list of some of the most, Dropped players after this week. Um, we got Mr. Justice Hill. So uh, for guys like Devin Singletary, Jalil McLaughlin, Chuba Hubbard, you giving up on Justin Hill, Justice Hill at this point? Probably not for Chuba. All right, I probably, yeah, probably not for Chuba, but the others, I, I would rather have them. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a lateral move, like Singletary, McLaughlin, Justice Hill. They're all kind of a they're the second guy in an offense that's probably mid tier. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, sure, if you want to shake things up, and you know, Justice Hill, uh, I think last week he came back from injury, right? Or was he? Yeah, he's he a still little banged up. Um, so yeah. I, I still think there's, you know, I wasn't, I, I told you to get Gus Edwards instead of him after, you know, JK Dobbins got hurt. So I still think he'd be the guy to want, but, um, but yeah, he'll, now honestly, I'd probably take him over Singletary. I, I would take uh, Jaleel over all of them, but um, I, I, I'm not super high on Singletary. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I might still keep Hill over both of those guys as well. I mean, even Jalil, you know, again, I think you're a little more sold on, on him than, than I am. So uh, mm. what about Kendra Miller? I can go ahead and say Kendra Miller. I would definitely hold on to Devin Singletary. If I – no, I still – I think the upside is still worth it for Kendra Miller. I think I'd hold on to Kendra Miller. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara came back last week, and Derek Carr looked absolutely horrible. So I think it was just – uh a weird game and uh i think there'll be better days ahead but but what are your thoughts yeah i mean Derek carr i was it was shocking that he even played in that game it was you know he was supposedly he was going to miss that game but he somehow toughed it out so i definitely don't think you were going to get his best no matter what um and yeah camara honestly looked awesome in his first game back so um so yeah that's the only thing is like you know no one's unseating camara plus you got jamal williams coming back at some point so um, you know, if you need a start this week, I, I understand drop dropping Kendra for a guy like McLaughlin or, or something. I agree with that definitely McLaughlin feels like a better start this week. We still have to kind of see on the Javante thing, but even if Javante's back, I think Jalil's probably mm-hmm. a, a safer, safer play there. Um, well, what about Kendra Bo- uh, Kendrick Bourne? Not Kendra. <laughs> we just talked about Kendra Miller, but Kendrick Bourne. Uh he was a waiver wire pickup in week one. Um you know, he was one that I think you were a little bit more in on than me. I mean, I, you know, had him think second on my uh, wide receiver list, but um, yeah. Are you dropping him at this point? Is the dream dead? I mean, the, the Patriots had an absolutely terrible game. Uh, you know, uh, we defend Mac Jones a little bit on this podcast, but it was difficult to defend uh, the game that he had. And again, just continues the descent of that 2021 quarterback class. Uh, wait, 2020. Two, no, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I was right, but uh, but yeah, um, anyway, so are you giving up on Kendrick Bourne for a guy like Michael Wilson or Jameson Williams? Uh, I would drop him for Michael Wilson. It's 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 a toss up between him and Jameson Williams. It's you know, do you want upside later on in the season? 
Um, or, you know, I, I do think things are going to get better for the Patriots. Their schedule does get better coming up, especially for the offense. Um, so they're, you know, they've suffered some injuries on defense. So the offense is going to have to start putting up some points. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and we saw him be better earlier in the season. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, he definitely born as dipped for me, but, uh, I still would try to hold on to him if, uh, if he can. Yeah, I would, I mentioned Wandell Robinson. I would keep born over Wandell, but I think Jameson and Michael Wilson, I'd probably drop him, mm. um, at this point. Um, Elijah Moore. Um, that's, uh, that's a name that definitely was a little bit higher drafted than some of these other guys on this list. So people are finally relinquishing. I think he had one touch and he lost like 20 yards on it. So if people started him last week, he had negative two points for you. So I think a lot of people are probably rage dropping him. but he did have a really bad end to his jets career. I mean, the, you know, Elijah Moore has been a guy you're in, you've, you've been very in on. Uh, yeah, I know you were excited about this situation and I think he's had a couple of good games, right? Uh, let me, uh, well, I, mean, I wouldn't call him good. I, yeah, I'd say startable without pulling your hair out maybe, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts on Elijah Moore and, uh, the situation with the Browns and would you rather have Michael Wilson or Jameson Williams at this point? Uh, I would rather have. Uh, Michael Wilson for sure. Um, Jameson Williams, yeah, probably him too. Um, yeah, it's just Elijah Moore. He has more competition for touches, and uh, they also have a bye week this week, so that's not great uh, if you need a start. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wasn't super excited for this. I'm honestly, I thought Cedric Tillman would be a little bit more of a factor, but we've seen DPJ also still be relevant. Um, David and Joku, burnt face and all, got some work this last week. So, um, so yeah. And the I truth of the matter is, most of the games, no, nobody's really been fantasy valuable. Yeah, Mari Cooper's had his moments. I will say, you know, right, right, outside outside of Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good call. Uh, and this last week, you know, he had a terrible performance. He did end up with positive points, Elijah Moore, just because he had two catches for twenty yards, but his lone carry, he like zigzagged his way backwards for negative twenty yards. I, I literally, I saw it happen on the ESPN app, and I thought it was a glitch in the system. I was like, no, because it just. The arrow just went back 20 fucking yards away from the field goal. It's It, it literally just looked like a massive glitch. But no, it happened, and uh, he was wide receiver 106. But they were playing with the backup quarterback. The whole offense was shit. Um, the and wide the pre- receiver 106. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, but the yeah, previous week, bad. he had nine targets with nine catches for 49 yards. So yards per reception sucked, but... Um, he still had a little over 12 points as wide receiver 37. That's almost wide receiver three. So I do think he still has some juice left uh, to squeeze, but uh, if you need to start this week, then I say drop him. Yeah. Dang. I didn't realize he had, you know, nine targets is, yeah, I think people are probably rage dropping him a little bit and the bye week does make sense. That does make a little bit more sense as to why he's one of the more dropped candidates, but I'd like to hold on to Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore, actually. Surprisingly, I've Dang. never been super in on him, but I feel like just these other guys, I mean, I guess they just need to – maybe Michael Wilson, if you need the start, I understand it feels like a better start this week. And, you know, Jamison Williams is probably more of a stash long-term. You probably don't want to start him right away this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I'm – you know, if I have to wait a week anyways – 
I'd rather just, you know, try to hold out on Elijah Moore. And if I absolutely have to drop him for, you know, Michael Wilson, because I'm no one else to start, I'll do that. But I don't think I just like automatically drop him for Wilson in most cases. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I'm I'm at this position, but I do think he's just I mean, and and look, Michael Wilson's a rookie. I think he was what a uh, was he a third or fourth rounder? Uh, he was he was higher than that, I believe. I think he was a second rounder. No, no, we can figure that out. But no, you know, I, I, I think that we still have to see, you know, with Michael Wilson. But, you know, in my mind, definitely Elijah Moore offers, you know, he's going to have a more uh, prevalent role. But, you know, I, maybe that's something we need to adjust at this point, because obviously, as we saw last week, I mean, Michael Wilson, I know he scored 28 points, but what was the stats on that? Like, what were the was it touchdowns? Was it? bunch of targets uh well it was his first two touchdowns of the season that he got but uh okay he, it was two he, touchdowns okay yeah but he uh that's three weeks in a row that he's at 56 yards or more and right but how many catches he had did he have last week is what i'm trying to he had seven out. targets and seven catches okay okay so, so okay yeah that's definitely uh, that's definitely nothing to sneeze at so it's it's a toss up there, but I think uh, I'd probably hold on to Elijah Moore if I can. And again, maybe I'm still just discounting the Cardinals situation. I still just think, you know, Cardinals suck when in reality the Browns have sucked worse than them on offense. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I think I'd just like to hold on to Elijah Moore there. But anyways, um, real, real quick, uh, I just want to mention uh, one. I would still take Michael Wilson over Elijah Moore, but I would think I'd rather keep more over Jameson Williams. Just looking at it. Uh, with the three games that he played with Deshaun Watson, he had seven targets, nine targets, and nine targets. Um, so he needs to catch a lot more of those, but he's getting targeted, and uh, his his snap shares or percentage is going up as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I tried to keep Elijah Moore around. Also, I looked it up; I was right. He was almost a first round pick. He was the thirty fourth overall pick in the draft. Elijah Moore. No, he wasn't. I'm looking at it right now, dude. He was ninety fourth in the twenty twenty three draft. He was a third round. I literally looked it up and Google is showing me that that is not the case. Uh, well, Google showing me that that that, that is the case. Moore right was now. selected by the New York Jets in the second no, no, round. No, no, I I was talking about Michael Wilson. Yeah, I knew oh, I knew Elijah I thought you were talking about Elijah Moore. No, no, okay, sorry, we had a miscommunication. Yeah, no, 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 Michael no, Wilson was, ta- was a third rounder. About, yeah, 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 that's what I was trying to ask. But yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, if maybe maybe I miscommunicated that. But anyways, yeah, I was I was asking what uh, Michael Wilson's draft record was. Yeah, it says pick number ninety four. But yeah, you're right. Elijah Moore was a second round pick. So, but yeah, you know, I, I think uh, it's, it, it's a little bit of a toss up there, but anyways, we spent too long on that. Let's move on. Uh, Pat Firemuth is the most dropped tight end. Um, I think he's injured. Didn't he get injured last week? Yeah. I think he got banged up. He's probably going to miss this next week. Uh, actually, I, th- so I that's... saw where he might miss the next like two or three weeks. But here's the thing. I mean, maybe if you can get Cole Komet, I'd probably do it, but I mean, I didn't even have a tight end target. I mean, for a guy like Logan Thomas or something, I would definitely keep Pat Frymuth there. But I mean, uh, what what about you? Would you would would you hang on to Frymuth? I mean, I guess we need to see if it's a long term injury or not. But uh, two to three weeks, they're saying for his injury. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Um. So yeah, I mean, if he's and, your tight end one, you probably do need to need to pick somebody else up. So and, and uh, to be honest with you, man. He really ain't been good this year. I mean, he's had one yeah, game. Yeah, none like, of the Steelers have been, yeah. Yeah, like week three, uh, he was tied in eight, but the rest of it, he's he's kind of been shit. Yeah, yeah, the whole Steelers offense has just been, I mean, yeah, not yeah, good. When your best <laughs> game is tied in eight, that's a problem. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do just he, think, you know, they're he's, still. He's tied in 21 um, on the season so far. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'm, you know, I'm holding on to Kyle Kyle Pitts. He's not on my drop list and he's tied in 30 something. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, you just need John Smith I, to get injured. I, I hear your point. I'm just, you know, I, you know, I, I do think that the talent's still there and after four weeks, and especially if he's injured. But if he is injured, he's your tight end one. If he's my tight end two and I can afford to bench him, I'm cool with that. But yeah, maybe you do need a Logan Thomas or somebody. So, um, all right. Well, let's move on. Let's get into some dog discussions and, and Let's start out first by talking about these running backs. And we're just going to talk about our top five running backs coming into the season and uh, comparing that to how we have it now. So, uh, Nate, I will let you start into that. Uh, if you want to get into the uh, how you had it preseason first and uh, then get into uh, your top five. Uh, for, this is for rest of season, not dynasty. Uh, but, yeah, for the uh, top five uh, this year. Uh, yeah, so top five uh, preseason, I had it as Christian McCaffrey, number one, Austin Eckler, two, Nick Chubb at three, Derrick Henry at four, and B. John Robinson at five. Okay. Uh, you and, go ahead and go. Uh, yeah, yeah, just go ahead and, and talk about how it's changed and uh, and where you got guys now and why. Cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if we were going to do a back and forth thing on that. Uh, yeah, so obviously, <laughs> like, number one is staying. McCaffrey is clearly the runaway number one here. Uh, he's been by far the best running back in fantasy so far and just absolutely dominated this last week. So, um, so yeah, no, no changes there. Uh, Bijan has moved up to number two uh, in part due to injury and in part due to his own performance. He has been great so far. Um, you know, could use a little bit more, you know, touchdowns and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I think that'll come and, uh, yeah, he's, he, he gets a lot of work in the passing game as well. So it's, uh, he's, he's been fantastic. So, um, Bijan moves up to number two, obviously I had Chubb at three, he falls out, uh, due to the injury, which sucks because he looked great before that. Um, Austin Eckler, I have at three rest of season because I did see a report. He should be back in week six. Um, so yeah, you know, if you only have to sit out one more week and you get him the rest of the time, you know, we, we've seen what he does when he's healthy. Also, they need another pass catcher there because Mike Williams is gone and Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson really didn't show a lot, um, you know, the last game. So they, they could really use Eckler. And once he gets back, they're going to pepper him with touches because Joshua Kelly has also shown that he cannot handle the workload, uh, on a week to week basis either. So, um, they need him. And when he gets back, he's going to be great. So he's number three for me, rest of the season. Uh, number four rest of season is going to be Alvin Kamara for me. Um, because oh. you have already had to sit through the worst of it. You know, you've sat through the suspension he didn't have an injury issue to begin with, so you don't have to worry about, oh, is he you know, going to re-injure himself? You don't have to worry about any of that. His first game back, he played 75% of the snaps, which is about as high as you get for running backs. He had 22 and a half fantasy points, at least in the league we have. Um, yeah, and like 84 total yards. Uh, that was all without having any touchdowns. He had 13 receptions, 14 targets, and 13. 13 receptions in his first game back. He got 13 points off of his catches alone. It's absurd, which that role isn't going to get taken from him, even if Kendra Miller or Jamal Williams is back. So, yeah. yeah and how many yards did he get on those 13 receptions? Not a ton. He got 33. Yeah, I did. Because, yeah, if he only had 22 points and 
And 13 of them are receptions. Yeah, but, well, it's because okay. Derek Carr just had to get it out as fast as he possibly could. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he yeah. he's we've seen him put up, you know, multiple 80 reception uh, seasons in a row. So he can do it. And he's, he's well been, on his way. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I think uh, Kamara, he's, he's number four for me the rest of the season. I think he's going to be great. Um, Henry just falls out a little bit for me because the offense is worse than anticipated. Now, he did look like old school Henry this last game. So uh, I told you to buy low last week, and I hope you did because he looked good. If you watch the highlights, you know, he had one big uh, touchdown run where he like juke two guys and then stiff armed another one and ran the rest of the way. So, um, yeah, Henry looks good. And I think he's going to be good the rest of the season, but he just falls out of the top five for me um because i have bumped kenneth walker up to number five uh, i think he's number five so far throughout the first four weeks uh he has clearly been you know the number one guy for the seahawks i don't expect that to change you know zach charbonnet is definitely going to get work but um walker has been explosive he can get touchdowns the offense is a good offense and uh yeah he's a good young running back that you expect to kind of continue to get better over the season so um so yeah he he cracks the top five for me rest of the season Yep. Okay. Yeah, I like that list. Uh, we uh, it's we're close, but have a couple of different names on our top five at this point, so uh, that'll be fun to get into. But yeah, um, preseason, um, I had Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. Uh, I think uh, that was the same as uh, mm-hmm. Nate's top three. Um, I had Bijan at four, and then I had Saquon Barkley at five. So uh, now, um. DMC is obviously still number one. You said it. Don't got to say too much more after that. Um, I'm still going to have Austin Eckler as number two. And uh, the reason why is, you know, the full game that he played, he still put up 28 points. Um, He, you know, he's missing this next week, but it's, I mean, it's a bye week. So it's like when he comes back, he won't even have a bye week like everybody else minus, you know, the the teams on the the four teams that have buys this week. Uh, So, you know, uh, you have to wait a week, but at the same time, you don't have to miss a week later down the road, assuming of course that he stays healthy, which, you know, we're going to assume. So, uh, Austin Eckler, I actually have at number two Bijan. I do have at number three. Uh, he's done great. And yeah, obviously Nick Chubb getting injured here just kind of bumps him up from previously being my number four. And, uh, here's where things start to change for me. And, I think at number four, I kind of, there's like three or four guys I was flopping back and forth for spots number four and five here. But at number four, I am going to have Tony Pollard. Um, Mm -hmm. I was kind of hesitant to buy into the Tony Pollard, uh, you know, hype train here. But 22 points, 19 points, 15 points. And then last week he had nine, but that's because, you know, they completely blew out. They didn't really need him. So, uh, you know, and that also his other second lowest game was also the case. Uh, so, mm. you know, pretty much it seems like either the Cowboys defense is so good that they don't even need the offense or we need the offense. And, and uh, Tony Pollard is a very integral part of the game, but even in those games where they are low for him, I mean, the two low games he had were nine and 15 points. So that's perfectly, you know, acceptable. He feels very safe floor with a very high upside. I think the Cowboys in general haven't really had an explosive offensive game, and I know they're going to have at least a couple of those this year. So uh, I think that the best is still yet to come, and he's RB7 currently. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I have Pollard. He has a really big workload, and uh, nobody to really come in and threaten him at all as well. So um, all those factors being uh, said, you know, previously he was my RB9, but he has worked his way in uh, to uh, to my top five here at number four. 
And then at number five, uh, you mentioned just excluding him, but I am keeping him in. His performance last week has me bought back in, and he started off slow last year and still was on pace to be super crazy. Derrick Henry is still going to be my RB5. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the Tajay Spears snap share is a little bit concerning. That's the one thing that kind of made me want to put, put a couple of the other guys, uh, one of them that you, you mentioned and Kenneth Walker in this spot. I also still really like Josh Jacobs up here, but, uh, Derrick Henry beat those guys out and, um, yeah, so so that's my top five now. CMC, Eckler, Bijan, Tony Pollard, and Derrick Henry. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I did consider uh, Kenneth Walker for, for this top five. Uh, he was definitely in consideration. I didn't consider Alvin Kamara, and I do think it's a worthy consideration. I don't know that I would put him up here. Again, you know, I think last week's game was a little bit wonky and weird. And, you know, those 13 receptions, although he is one of the better receiving backs. Well, you know, obviously he wasn't able to do too much with it. But, you know, he especially if he continues to be, you know, that inefficient, he's not going to continue to get those receptions. But a lot of it had to do more so with, you know, like as you mentioned, Derek Carr's injury. So, um, but that being said, I think it's just, I still believe in Kendra a little bit, you know, Jamal Williams still comes back. It's still a little bit murky than me, but there's no doubt that he has the potential to finish as a top five running back. So I do like that you're, you, you put him there because my mind kind of didn't even explore that, uh, that, that Avenue. Yeah. I think you and I were different on him to start the season as well. I had him quite a bit higher in our preseason rankings as well. Um, right, right. yeah. And I just, you know, I, I like Kendra. We, you and I were both fans of him, but um, he's he's just not on Kamara's level, and there you know re- unless an injury happens, he's not overtaking him in any significant way. I don't believe so. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what led me to put him in the top five. Yeah, no, I don't think he'll overtake him per se. I just think his role will be more significant than it is now. You know, as the season it goes later into the season, couldn't get much smaller. <laughs> That's yeah, no, that's that's true. But um, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on to our next discussion here and. Let's talk about some uh, real life teams who have surprised us and disappointed us. And um, I'll start us out. And look, I kind of mentioned, or I don't know, I don't know if I ever did say it on the podcast. I know I talked to Nate about it, but uh, yeah, I did talk about it on the podcast. Uh, my Cleveland Browns fandom has kind of been jarred a little bit by the Nick Chubb injury. I feel like I'm kind of looking, I'm a man looking for a second team to root for. I don't really take too much joy in rooting for the Browns at this point. And despite having lived in Cleveland for three years, I, you know, don't so feel any strong. <laughs> right. I don't <laughs> feel any strong, uh, like in Atlanta, no matter what happens to Atlanta, I'll always have to be a Falcons fan. I don't necessarily feel that way about the Browns. So I've been looking for a team and I think I found it, and I think it's just in my backyard here, living in Austin, Texas, an hour and a half away. You got the Houston Texans playing in NRG Stadium, baby. And, man, they've been a huge surprise. We've talked, we've tooted our horns the past two weeks about C.J. Stroud and how we were the only podcast we knew of that uh, was saying that C.J. Stroud was the rookie QB1 in this class. But it's more than just C.J. Stroud that's exciting. You know, Damian Pierce was finally looking like Damian Pierce last week. Nico Collins. Nico fucking Collins is the wide receiver. This is fantasy, but, I mean, even in real life, he's probably up there as far as stats go. He's the wide receiver seven right now. Uh, Tank Dell, 
is uh is a top 20 wide receiver right now. I'm sorry, he's a wide receiver 24. So he's a you know, there's two top 24 receivers uh in this offense right now. Um you know, the defense is looking pretty good and Stingley's not even there. One of their best mm-hmm. defensive players isn't even there and they're looking pretty damn good. Uh Will Anderson looks legit. He's uh, you know, not blowing it up with sacks, but he's getting pressures on a very consistent basis and looking, you know, a lot like a Aiden Hutchinson did to the Detroit Lions last year to me, you know, so um, Dalton Schultz is a young fellow and he just had a good game recently. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, you know, there are a lot of fun to watch for me. I think the, the fantasy relevancy of all of those players that I just mentioned and Dalton Schultz is another one that uh, have surprised us all. And I just think that the Texans, you know, they traded their first round pick and everybody was like, Oh, that's going to be a top three pick. You fucking idiots. I don't think that's the case. I think that's going to be pick number 12 to 15 or so. And, you know, you could still argue maybe they paid a lot for a linebacker, but if, if Will Anderson is the anchor of that defense and they're trading, you know, pick 15 or something, I think they're perfectly happy with that. And I think nobody really expected uh, that to be the case. So uh, despite me liking Stroud, they have surprised me greatly and uh, been a team that is, uh, been a, a true joy uh, to watch. Uh, they're on my programming here, uh, so they're always on my my TV. So uh, I'm kind of I felt forced to watch them in years past, but uh, this is the first year I've actually uh, got gotten some joy out of it. Yeah, man, and uh, just on Will Anderson, if anyone thinks taking what you believe to be a premier pass rusher at number three is too high, then uh, they just don't understand how football. Well, no, they but they they traded they traded with the Cardinals, so they traded their like twelfth overall pick and then their pick next year. So that's why I was saying like theoretically, yeah. everybody was like, "Oh, that's going to be the pick that Caleb Williams is." They're dumb, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, they knew. No, that's not. That, they already aren't going to get Caleb Williams with the two wins, probably, but. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you would hope. I, I think the Bears currently own the number one and number two picks. Yeah, there's two. Well, no, because there's two undefeated teams. I mean, well, sorry, there's two defeated teams. There's yeah, two only teams. defeated teams. Right, right, and it's the Bears. Oh, and the and the the, the Panthers. You're right. Damn, and they have the Panthers yeah. pick. They have the number one yeah. and number two pick in the draft. Ooh, yeah. Fields. But anyways, um, uh, but that has been my surprise team, Nate. I, I have a surprise and a disappointment team. I don't know if that's exactly how you how you did it, but uh, feel free to get into whichever team uh, you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I uh, I uh, included the Texans. I figured you would probably speak about them, so I'm glad you went first. Um, yeah, they uh, you know just just mentioning on the CJ Stroud stuff, just as far as the record you know keeping goes. He uh he's averaging 303 yard passing yards a game so far, not including what he's done on the ground, but 303 passing yards a game has been his average through four. Um he zero interceptions to go. Zero interceptions. I forget what his touchdowns is, but the uh, point being, he is on pace for over five thousand passing yards if he keeps this up, which would absolutely shatter the rookie uh, passing yards, uh, single season passing yards record, which was held by Andrew Luck. It's 4,374 yards. Uh, So if he, if CJ Stroud. Herbert didn't break that? Huh? No. Herbert. Okay. I thought he did. Okay. No. um, But, uh, but yeah. So all that to say Stroud, as long as he plays the rest of the games, all he has to do is average 243 yards a game passing to beat that. 
and he's already averaged 303 through four games. So that's like a 33% drop. Yeah. yeah, He's on a very good pace to break Lux record. So uh, it's been fantastic. Like you mentioned, no interceptions so far, and they have two wins that a lot of people didn't expect them to have. So um, good call there. Uh, they I'll almost make... beat the they almost beat the Ravens too. A lot of people forget that they the Ravens mm-hmm. had to kick a last second field goal to beat them. So they're competing with teams that we see as contenders. So let's let's keep that. It's not like they're just beating cupcakes. But yeah, I think uh, it's the same anyways. as like the Cardinals where they haven't like even in their losses they haven't been blown out. Yeah, I mean they they're feisty team that that will you know fight you till the very end. So uh, so good call there. Uh, mine is a little bit more all encompassing. It's the entire NFC West. Um, I mean, the 49ers haven't really been a surprise just because they we all expected them to be great. I will say Brock Purdy not showing any hint of injury and playing even better than he did last year is a little bit of a surprise. But um, yeah, they uh, you know, they've been as good as advertised, obviously, four and oh, the Seahawks are three and one. Actually, the conference as a whole is 10 and six with three of those losses being against each other. So they've only lost three games out of conference so far. Uh, so they, they've been fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the Seahawks have, have picked right up from where they left off last year. They look like a playoff team as do the Rams, which everyone thought they were just going to be God awful, but, uh, their two losses, they were really close as well. And, uh, yeah, they, they've looked really good and obviously beat the Seahawks earlier and they dominated the Seahawks. Uh, and then the Cardinals, they only have one win, but, uh, they, they've been feisty each game and probably should have beaten the giants, honestly. So, um, so, yeah, no, I think the whole NFC West is uh, better than people expected. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And to be honest, I think the other division that um, everybody was shitting on, or the other two divisions everyone was shitting was the NFC South and the AFC South. And I'd say both of those divisions are probably have better records so far than, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think besides the Panthers, you know, yeah, it's a, it's two, two and two teams and a three and one team in the NFC South. And then Mm -hmm. uh, everybody in the, in the AFC South is two and two. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a four way tie for first in the AFC South right now. Yeah. And Hey, my prediction, man, that, uh, that there would be uh, three different, or there'd be a total of six different uh, division winners from a hot take than there were Mm. last year. The, The big ones that needed to get knocked out, were the Chiefs and the Jaguars in the AFC, and uh, both of them look pretty vulnerable. I mean, the Chiefs will still I mean, probably pull it out. Yeah, come on, now. but they look for hey, but they do look. I mean, like like they lost to the to the Lions, and they yeah. almost lost to the fucking Zach Wilson led Jets. Like I think that's less dominant than we would expect at this point so yeah um, they also had a lot of trouble at the start of last season and people were saying oh the offense has been figured out just run a cover two shell and it's over and the rest of the season just didn't play like play out like that so no that's fair i'm just saying that there's it's uh nothing feels certain in the afc right now for sure but um all right, but uh, yeah, I had a disappointing team, and it's just the Giants are like truly a displeasure to watch. Daniel really? Jones was my a dynasty fucking top dog quarterback, so uh, oh, I mean he he still has security, um, and he did have a really good he? game. I, I think I mean he has money. I guess they just have to lose a lot of money if he doesn't. But I'm um, gonna have a really good pick at this rate. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I, I still think that Daniel Jones can turn it around. Uh, but yeah, there's they just look completely abysmal. We thought that the offense would have better weapons this year, and of course, let's keep with the backdrop in mind that like 
when Saquon Bar- Barkley's on the field, the Giants average like 90 more yards and six more points. So, uh, you know, missing Saquon right now is also hurting them, but still that's not going to make up the difference. They can have six more points and they're still going to average what, like 12 points a game. So, so they, they need to, uh, they, they, they need to step it up for sure. But yeah, they've been truly disappointing and displeasurable to watch. And, uh, I mean, there's nobody I really, I did have a uh, Darren Waller also actually as my, uh, my dynasty top dog for my, I'm sorry, my, not my dynasty, my redraft top dog for, uh, for tight end that, that really hurts, uh, right now, but I still think I feel, you know, less concerned about that than I do about Daniel Jones, but you know, really just the whole offense as a whole, even Saquon, you know, he, I mentioned him, he, he fell out of my top five part of that's due to injury, but even if he were healthy, I just feel like that offense, uh, can't really support a top five running back right now. Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, agree with you there. So they, they've been abysmal. Um, team I'll throw in. I, I've got two remaining on the list. I'll throw in the Bengals just because they're the most surprising one on this list. I mean, one in three is an absolute shock, uh, and they could very well be losing this next game too. So, I mean, they could be the staring down the barrel one in five, to be honest with you. So it's um, it's looking rough. Burrow obviously isn't himself. He can't like push off his back foot to get any power on his throws. Like every throw is out of the shotgun because they don't want him backpedaling after being under center. So it's just, they're so limited. And so is he, it's, it's so frustrating to watch. Um, yeah. So this, this team is obviously not what we expected. Hopefully it gets better. Good. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it's affected, you know, Jamar chase was a Mm -hmm. first round pick. I think that's, that's at this point been a, very disappointing. I mean, you could call it a bust. He's had one good game, and otherwise, he's pretty much bone juicy. So yeah, last last week he was fine too. Um, he, he got kind of pepper with targets too. So he's he's you know he's definitely not first round wide receiver like you had hoped. Um, don't get me wrong, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a fourteen point game last week. Yeah, he's he's wide receiver twenty one on the year so overall so far. So yeah, you know, first round pick is definitely a big bust there. But yeah, no, the whole offense obviously T Higgins has been a nightmare. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's not been good. So yeah, that's that's definitely they're they're high on the list for me just because what we expected them to be versus what they are so far. I saw Burrow say he kind of re-injured that calf like two weeks ago. So honestly, it might be best for the team and him long term if they just put him on pup and let him like try to completely heal over four weeks or even longer if need be because this season just doesn't look like it's going to be it. And you need to make sure your, your long-term investment is, is going to be fine going forward. So I've got no concerns about Burroughs talent or any of their talents uh, or what they'll do going forward. But uh, yeah, this, this year's just rough to watch. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely a good disappointing team to to throw in. And yeah, I mean, it's like, I thought that every Bengals game would be like much swatch, you know, but you know, I got NFL Sunday ticket this year and I, you know, I picked, at that one o'clock spot, I pick my four games that I always want to watch. And usually the Falcons game is not in my market, so I got to put the Falcons game on. But I find myself not very drawn to the Bengals games right now. You know, I'm just like, all right, they're not making my uh, my screen very often because it's just not not fun to watch. So uh, I'll, I would also feel the same way about the Giants, but they keep putting them in fucking primetime. Three weeks in a row, they've been in a primetime game. So uh, we have to, we're, we're just like uh, the uh, uh, Clockwork Orange where they tape the guy's eyes open and watch, make them watch catastrophes. But anyways, uh, all right, well, let's move on uh, to our next topic here. And uh, 
we are going to talk about a couple of players that after four weeks um, have made our preseason take look a little bit bad right now that uh, have us kind of left out in the cold. Maybe we were too low on a guy. Maybe we were way too high on a guy, but this is a guy that, you know, we were hooting and hollering about. And now uh, maybe we're not adjusting. Maybe we just think the first four weeks is a fluke. So yeah, if you feel that way, you know, definitely explain that, but uh, just how we're feeling about them now. And uh, maybe we just have to take the L or maybe we still aren't, uh, completely shifting from our preseason takes. So uh, I will start out here and talk about a top dog of mine, a redraft top dog of mine, and that is Mr. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I made a lot of claims about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was going to outproduce Tyler Lockett. And these were hot. These were bold takes. These weren't necessarily like, you know, but I did rank Jackson Smith and Jigba above Lockett. Um, I, uh, you know, said he was going to outproduce every rookie receiver. And that's at this point impossible because Puka Nakua, <laughs> but yeah, everybody else, he still has a chance, but yeah, uh, Puka's just not going to be paceable at this point. It looks like uh, without injury. So, uh, so yeah, um, I still think the better days are yet to come. They're on by this week. So this, a lot of times is when we start to see um, the shift happen to the rookies, what I really don't like to see right now and the part that makes me feel bad is he's getting targeted, but they're all like literally like screen pass or like two yards down the field. Like that's not what Jackson Smith and Jacob is supposed to be, but he's only getting like very, very short area targets. So um, I'd really like to see that route tree expand. And here's the thing. It's not, a, it's not a him thing. I know his route tree is great. Like it's not like there's, routes that I think he needs to get better at running or whatever. It's just in this offense, they're only throwing him the ball behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, a couple of yards down the field. So he is a guy that can do a little bit after the catch and he has done a little bit after the catch, but um, it's, you know, so far there really hasn't been a game that if you started him, you were happy about. And for the most part, he's a bench rider or, um, you know, some people might have resorted to dropping him at this point. That's not something I would recommend doing. I still think the breakout is going to happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just not liking his utilization right now. So that's, that's, uh, the first guy I'll mention that, uh, yeah, my, my, you know, I had him ranked as a high end wide receiver three. So he still, I think can return that as the year progresses, but he's going to have to start turning on the jets here pretty soon. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I mean, even, you know, I definitely had DK and um, Lockett ranked ahead of him. I know you had DK ahead of him, but I was firmly in the camp of, you know, these are two very good players. And um, one thing I did mention is just I had some concerns about this in general for Jackson Smith and Jigba, but just especially on this offense where you already have two guys in such established roles is that he could get relegated to just playing in the slot. And when you can move all around, but you play majority in the slot, that's fine. But when you... You know, and he had, didn't really prove that at Ohio State that he can be that true outside wide receiver one. Um, so if you're completely relegated to just inside underneath routes, then you're not going to get those deep, you know, electric plays that you're hoping for and that lead to big boom games in fantasy. So, um, yeah, I do think better days are ahead for him. Obviously, we both really believe in the talent, but uh, yeah, it's um, Metcalf and Lockett are really, really good. So they're they're going to keep, you know, as long as they're healthy, they're going to keep having a big role in that offense. Right. All right. And, you know, even if you're going to work in the slot, you can have deep slot routes, <laughs> you know, just get down the fucking field. Like just, that's what yeah. I need to see really to feel like 
I can start him now because he's actually getting, you know, routes down the field. I, yeah. I agree that I would like him to start everywhere too, but it's like all I'm looking for is just like get down the field. I don't care, you know, if you're in the slot, if you're outside, just like please stop just, you know, turning around at the line of scrimmage. But yeah. anyway, it's been it's been that should happen more, but I mean it is, you know, Metcalf and Lockett are both, you know, faster than him, like straight up faster than him. So as far as, you know, if you're going to send a guy deep and you have those two around, you're probably going to send one of those two, if not both. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's just where Jackson Smith is getting pigeonholed a little bit. Right, right. Uh, All right, well, uh, who's the guy that you got? Dalvin Cook. Mm. This is, I mean, you know, any you know, running back wide receiver quarterback, you know, it's all been not what we expected for the Jets. We expected all of it to be better, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I thought Dalvin could, you know, play well, especially at the start of the season when Brees is still getting his legs back. Um, but yeah, I had him RB 22 in my preseason rankings and he is currently RB 55. Uh, so not good. Uh, and I'm mad that I have him on like three different teams. He's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. You got him in a, on a dynasty roster too, right? That's yeah, the worst. Frustrating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, you, you, you paid him a lot of money and he's, uh, and honestly, he's just not been super efficient. I know the offense sucks and they're king in on the run, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's not been good all around for cook. So, um, yeah, no. And I just, I don't see, I do think it'll get better as the season goes on, but you know, Brees is still going to be the guy. So it's, you know, on an offense that doesn't score a lot and you're the RB two on that offense. So, um, yeah, cook is not going to deliver what I had hoped for at the start of the season. Yeah, I'd say that's not going to, you know, I mean, I had him as an RB three and it still feels like maybe he can get there, but yeah, yeah. 54, you said that's pretty far down there. And the thing is, Brees, outside of a couple of explosive runs, like if you took away Brees's like three longest runs, like, like he's probably been just as inefficient. You know, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the line. I don't necessarily think that Dalvin Cook is, you know, cooked, haha. But, you know, I think, um, you know, I think there will be better days ahead. But there's also the questions of, you know, Zach Wilson did have a much better game, but it still wasn't, you know, the offense still you know, didn't put up 500 yards. It still wasn't like a, a fantasy, uh, you know, extravaganza or anything. So it feels like the upside of the offense right now is just like, oh, okay, we got, you know, three touchdowns this game. And how many of those touchdowns legitimately are going to go to Dalvin Cook? You know, yeah. probably, probably not, not too many. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good, good, good take there for sure. I definitely pushed back on you uh being the breeze lover that i am uh when you had that take so um but uh but yeah it, i got one more and this was a guy that i was too low on and uh, it's not like i don't think i was way off consensus it wasn't like i was really going out on a limb like pushing him down but i had keenan allen at wide receiver 20 mm-hmm. um and look that's like i said because that's where most people were thinking of, i still actually have some keenan allen shares in redraft uh but even in dynasty i like i had you know keenan allen way too low i thought quentin johnson would come in and be more of a factor i've always kind of liked mike williams more in dynasty just because he's younger and went on the field you know can produce equally but um yeah yeah i definitely just feel like uh you know keenan allen I think we need to start looking at him like, uh, I mean, and if you look at his career, it's not like this is an isolated year or anything. I mean, he's had injury issues, but outside of injury issues, I mean, he is Stefan Diggs. He is, 
you know, I won't quite say Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams has been like the best receiver for like four different years. But, you know, he is this perennial Mike Evans, you know, this perennial every single year. He is a, an alpha. And I think uh, I wasn't really ranking him as such. I mean, you know, Stefan Diggs. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, Diggs is a little younger, but this is redraft. It shouldn't matter. Diggs was wide receiver five. Uh, Devontae Adams was wide receiver seven. This was in my preseason rankings. Um, you know, uh, trying to find some other order. Obviously, Cup was way up there. Calvin Ridley, I had one spot above Keenan Allen, and so yeah, Keenan Allen is uh the wide receiver two at this point. And uh, before this past week, where he only scored twelve points, he was the number one scoring uh, fantasy asset uh, overall. So I definitely wish I would have keyed in a little bit more. There were some people I saw that had him ranked as a like back end wide receiver one. And uh, I think that's definitely where he deserved to be ranked and where, where my brain should have, uh, should have had him. Uh, so definitely wide receiver 20 was way too low and feel like a fool. But, uh, so those are my two guys that, uh, you know, after four weeks, I, I feel, feel bad about my preseason takes. You got anybody else to add? Uh, yeah, I, I just will mention, I'm getting a little nervous about Kenny Gainwell. Um, just, uh, yeah, DeAndre Swift obviously is getting the lion's share of the workload over there and has looked better than Gainwell. Uh, no, no, no denying that. I do think Swift just given the workload and giving his history, it ain't going to last just as far as he will miss some time and Gainwell will still have relevance. Um, but when they're both healthy, it's obvious which one you would rather play right now. So, uh, you know, Gainwell at the start of the season was RB1. That's he got all the preseason work and, you know, we, we were looking good there, but, uh, it, uh, you know, it hasn't worked out quite as well as I would hope for my boy. So, uh, so, yeah, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. Yep, I, I think that's a good call there. And it actually flows pretty well uh, into our next section here uh, because this next section is name a player uh, that looks like you can victory lap uh, or at least, you know, celebrate your preseason take on after these four weeks. And uh, the first name that I had here was DeAndre Swift. So that's the flip side of that coin. Uh, you know, that was one of our kind of – off-season uh, bickers, um, and, you know, it actually feels like most of them you walked away from uh, the victor, you know, the Brock Purdy this year, the, um, well, I guess, you know, Debo and Brandon Ayuk are still pretty close together, but. Uh, Only because Ayuk know, missed a game and a half. Well, yeah, but Debo also was uh, very underutilized. I mean, he basically he had like three carries and that was it last week. He like had like 10% of or like 20% of snaps. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying that, you know, there's, but one of the, one of the ones that I do feel, feel like I walked away from this year was, was sticking in with Deandre Swift. I had him as dynasty RB 15 still. And, you know, a lot of people, that was one of my boldest, like he was completely off of the map for a lot of people. Most people didn't have him as a, as a top 24 running back, but I've never given up on the talent. I know that, He's a very, very talented, not just, I mean, I feel like the narrative became he can only catch passes or something, but like he can run between the tackles. He's a good runner. And, and I've always felt that way. Um, I've always felt like he's explosive. Yeah. And uh, he's super hard to catch and tackle. He's very jukey and very uh, elusive. Um, And he's showing that the Eagles offense is the perfect offense to allow him to do that, to show his skill set. Um, so yeah, that is definitely a player. So in dynasty, I had him at 15, uh, in redraft, I had him at RB 22. So still, you know, right now he's RB. 
nine, nine on the year. So, uh, and that's with him only getting one point in week one. So, um, you know, I, I still was too low on him. So I don't know. I guess I said, I'm celebrating my take, but you know, he's outperformed even what I thought, but still like holding on to him in dynasty, um, and just always thinking that he would be that Eagles RB one is, is kind of what I'm, uh, what I'm patting myself on the back here for. So yeah, uh, Deandre Swift, I think that is, this will continue and you're right. Injury could happen just like it could happen to any other player. He's had, has gotten nicked up here and there, but, um, you know, I'm holding on hope that he can, uh, you know, stay healthy for most of the season. And I think if that happens, he's going to finish as an RB one. Yeah. I'm, I'm still a little bit lower on his long-term outlook. Just, um, uh, I love Swift, but, um, yeah, I just I don't see him being able to carry an RB1 type workload and, and make it the whole season. So um, he hasn't done it yet. But if he does it this year, then happy for him. But uh, but yeah, I, st- I still have my doubts. But right now, yeah, you're, you're definitely on the right side of that. No, no arguing there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have quite a few of these. So I'll just, uh, you know, I'll, st- I'll start with Brock Purdy just because you mentioned that one. Um, he's legit. He won was obviously yeah, I, I thought he was the guy clearly um, between him and Lance. And we saw that play out. And then, you know, there's been no lag from the injury last year and all metrics. He's been better than last year. Uh, And it kind of culminated this last week. He went 20 of 21 uh, in completions. uh, And I believe that was the fourth highest completion percentage in a game for quarterback in NFL history. So um, he's no joke. And he definitely has the trust of Kyle Shanahan and everyone else. He still hasn't lost a game yet that he's finished. Um, so yeah, Pur- Purdy's been great. Um, he is currently, I believe, QB 11. And uh, yeah, I had him ranked initially at uh, QB 18 in my initial redraft stuff. So even I was too low on him. But uh, but yeah, no, he- he's been great. So I don't know if you have um, any response or but uh, I have a few more of these as I'm, as I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, no, Brock Purdy, man. Uh... I think a lot of it just had to do with the draft capital and, you know, and it's still, we know that the Shanahan offense is very favorable, but I mean, the fact that Trey Lance couldn't do it at all and that Brock Purdy is doing it so well. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I, uh, I, I'm glad I, luckily I was able to get out of my Trey Lance shares, but I definitely was a guy that was way in on Trey Lance and yeah, that, that feels like that's kind of a dead, uh, asset in, in dynasty at this point. Um, I did see a report that the Cowboys are picking his brain this week to learn more about the 49ers offense. So how to use them for um, something. Yeah. That, that <laughs> might be why they brought him in in general, just so they could, you know, have an advantage in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, definitely a good call there. And uh, yeah, I was slow to the draw on the Brock Purdy. I have zero shares of Brock Purdy and I certainly wish I had a couple now. Um, that'd be nice to have over Daniel Jones or, I mean, even at this point, Dak, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, as far as redraft goes, but, um, but yeah, uh, definitely he's outperformed some of my uh, favorite targets this year. So, uh, so, so good on you there. Um, well, this guy, it was definitely more of a dynasty that I was waiting on him. I mean, I had him as RB 25 in redraft and I did get him, um, in, in several places, uh, I, you know, I was able to get him as like an RB four in most cases, but I, made the mistake of dropping him in one or two places, but it's Devon HN. Um, <laughs> I was super in on this guy uh, coming in. He was my RB three, you know, Nate and I were going back and forth on, is he too small and this and that. And, uh, you know, he may still end up getting, but like at the end of the day, I knew once he landed with the Miami dolphins, okay, 
this is a guy I need to get on my dynasty rosters. And I went after him, drafted him in the first round in several places. Um, if it wasn't for, I don't know if, uh, if you're listening to this episode, bud, but stallions 2021, I'd have a lot more shares of them. I have four shares and I, I went and looked at it. There was three drafts where stallions got him a pick or two before me. Uh, so I would have a lot more shares of a Chan if it weren't for him, but, uh, yeah, even still, I have two redraft shares for dynasty shares and man, that has absolutely changed the outlook. I have two of these are like what I thought were going to be rebuilds. And it's like the past two games I've won because I have Devon HN in my, in my, uh, lineup, you know? So I don't know. I definitely don't think, I mean, it's stupid. Of course, he's not going to continue to score 30 points a game and this and that, like nobody expects that to be the pace he continues, but there's uh, several things I can conclusions I can draw at, at, at this point. Um, he can play in the NFL. Uh, this is a perfect system for him. And uh, as long as he stays healthy, I mean, I think he's going to grow into the RB one role that already happened as far as last game. Uh, he had he had you know uh, more snaps than uh, Raheem Mostert. I don't know if the carry count was more, but the snaps the snaps were more. Um, and um, so you know, I think. Um, you know, he's going to slowly grow into that RB one for the Miami dolphins and look his dynasty right now. He's dynasty running back 13. So it is rocketed up there. Um, I don't know what, uh, where people have him in redraft, but the facts of the matter are he is RB four. Um, and that's on two weeks of production. So, um, he feels like if he's in your lineup, you're scared. If you, if you're going against him and he's in your opponent's lineup, you are scared. And, uh, he's, you know, there's very few players, especially at running back right now that really feel that way. So Devon Achan, I, I feel like, uh, I can say he is, uh, ready for the NFL here. I mean, obviously. And I mean, he's probably the second best rookie running back in this, in this class. I had him at RB three. Uh, but I mean, I think, uh, I think I'm ready to go ahead and bump him up to two. Nate, you had him at RB 12, I think, uh, in this rookie, rookie running back class, but, uh, obviously I'm guessing he's higher now, but are you buying in? Are you still kind of hesitant? Are you still not completely sold on the, on the HN thing? You said he's RB 13 in dynasty right now. Well, this is uh yeah, this is the expert so, consensus. consensus that is my advice. On, uh, so on, hey, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can, you can probably get a great, great haul for him right now, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, he's it one would take of a only lot. like two healthy running backs, and one his yards per like carry and attempts cannot continue this way. And one of those games where he got the vast majority of his points was literally a once in a generational type offensive performance, where again he was one of only like two healthy running backs that they had. So um, I'm not denying that like he's going to play in the NFL, he's going to play for years, but and he's going to have a role, and he's definitely I would love to have him in best ball, but. It's I, I think people are way too high on what he's shown through two games. So he had eight carries last week for 101 yards on the ground, and he also had five targets for caught three for 19 yards. So, um, I mean, you know, the fact that he still produced like that after that, you know, generational game, he still got two touchdowns on that, um, you know. Well, so I, I definitely wouldn't say that I wouldn't sell him. I mean, there the, if somebody offered me the right offer, but it would take a lot. And I would say that he's probably valued for me somewhere. He's definitely a top 15 RV for me. Um, I can say that. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, he can't continue to average what he's averaging because he's averaging 12 yards per carry. Of course. I mean, he doesn't need to do that. Nobody's expecting him or asking him to. Uh, so, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you know, if he can average, I mean, 
you know, I mean, but I can find you any less mediocre than or shit running back that has had a span of two really good games. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan had three he's games. He's not a mediocre a... or shit running back, though. Huh? I, but he's not he has mediocre a, he has or shit proven that he's that's not a, my, top that's not 15, my, I mean, I, I, a top 15 dynasty running back. He has not proven that to me at I'll all. I'll tell you what. I mean, and I said this. I mean, he was my RB3 in, in, uh, in this class. And if it wasn't for his size, I mean, if it wasn't that he was smaller than we like running backs, uh, I mean... I I definitely think he has top fifteen talent, hundred percent. It's literally just size, and I think at this I mean, point we need to start shifting to him. Then sure. Well, I but we're talking about talent, and but I'm saying um, that's included it, in what you are as a prospect. Well, right, but what I'm saying is he he's doing it at this size, and so like I think we need to start adjusting. We're seeing a lot of smaller guys at at, at skill positions start to thrive and uh yeah i think just a guy's small like i'm out on him he's rb12 or whatever it is i think is starting to become you know not good analysis anymore because you know uh these small guys are are thriving in the nfl and and you know the the size charts that used to be what coaches were looking for are starting to change so i think we you know he this is a good example of a guy we might need to start shifting was there any running back under 200 pounds that's finished as rb1 in the past five years no, probably not. I mean, I know there was um the the Chiefs Chiefs dude uh, forever, um, but that wasn't five uh, in the past five years. Uh, Jamal um, fuck, uh, Louis, uh, Jamal Charles. Charles. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I understand. And that's what I'm saying. I think things are changing, and sometimes when you're looking at uh, you know, statistics, those are things from the past. And it doesn't necessarily account for the the changes that might be happening in the future. But anyways, we spent a long, long time on Devon. Uh, you aren't quite buying in yet, but I am saying, uh, you know, I think that uh, that that my RB3 ranking of him uh, in this class was probably too low. I think he's he's already RB2. And obviously you can't really surpass Bijan, but um, but, you know. In, in other classes, I think he he could he could uh, surpass some of the the top guys as far as uh, how I feel about him at this point. But um, all right, well, so who's the guy that uh, who's another guy you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, well, I'll mention the guy that you did put at RB two, which was uh, Jameer Gibbs, who I have been saying for a while is overrated, and he was uh, especially in redraft. I mentioned that, and we both did. I mean, we were both saying he was going way too high in the draft. Yeah, he was. He was my butt. He was my bust RB. Yeah. So. Yeah. Where did you have him ranked in a pre-draft? Um, Twenty-one redraft. Yeah, I I had him at uh, twenty-seven going into the season, mm-hmm. and he is currently RB twenty-six. And that's including a game that David Montgomery missed. Uh, if that doesn't happen, he'd definitely be lower. So um, he is clear. It's not even like a 1A, 1B situation right now. It is David Montgomery is the clear cut RB1. He got a fuck ton of touches this last game. And Gibbs is the guy that comes in and gives him a break when needed. That's that's the way it is right now. So, um, so yeah, he can be serviceable as an RB3, maybe, you know, get into RB2 level later on in the season, but uh, he's he's never going to return the value that people thought they were getting uh, this year in redraft. So, um, so yeah, Gibbs, I, I was right in trying to avoid him if possible. Yeah, I had him on my list here too, um, just because he was my bust running back, but it totally makes sense why you have him as well because you were even lower in your rankings, so for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, consensus had him as a top 12 running back, so we were both, you know, way off of that. Um, and as far as my dynasty ranking, I mean, yeah, you know, A-Chan has moved up because he's, you know, excelled so well. But I still think Jameer has looked good on the field. It's just, you know, 
I didn't expect him to. I guess people thought he was going to get like Bijan work. You know, we keep saying that people, because they were drafted so close together, you know, people kind of had false expectations, but you know, I'm not worried about him at all in dynasty. Um, you know, I do think if you took him with the third or fourth pick where he was going, you probably feel bad about that now, especially because uh, a lot of people were taking him over CJ Stroud, but, um, you know, I still think that, you know, his dynasty outlook is not anything that I would, you know, look down on, but definitely I feel right. I feel like, uh, having him as my bust running back last year, my bust running back was James Connor and James Connor st- still did very well. So definitely feels like this year, my bust running back is uh, going to be a, uh, bigger success. So hate to celebrate it guys, uh, not succeeding, but, um, yeah, that's definitely one we both called there. So, uh, Nate, if you got anybody else, uh, feel free, but, uh, you know, we spent some time patting on each other on the back here. So, uh, we'll, we'll finish up with uh, whoever you give us, uh, with this next one. Yeah. I'll, I'll just throw one more in here and it's, uh, that, uh, Odell Beckham is irrelevant and you shouldn't waste any draft capital on him, and that he was going to get injured. And, all three of those things have come to pass. He played two games of absolute complete mediocrity and relevance. I mean, I think he never even cracked wide receiver five uh, in the first two games. And then he immediately got injured and missed week three and week four. I think he's back at practice, but uh, for fantasy purposes, who cares? Um, yeah, you, you shouldn't have wasted a pick on Odell. And if you did, he is okay to drop. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, we got done with our dog discussions here, so we got to talk about our trade for targets and our trade away targets. So uh, for me, my trade for target this week is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. And he had a bad game last week. He's probably not going to have an incredible game uh, this week, to be honest. So first of all, right now, he's questionable. Uh, looks like he picked up just a little nagging injury in practice. And they're also playing the Saints, uh, which is currently the eighth-ranked uh, defense against uh, running back. So uh, it's probably going to be a bad week for him this week. So, uh, you know, maybe you even want to wait till after this game, but I think even right now he hasn't performed to the way that, you know, a lot of people would have liked him to. Now, the funny part about that is, I mean, he, yeah, he's wide receiver 23, uh, you know, the past two weeks have both been, you know, not, oh, I'm sorry. This is in standard. He's, he's higher in, in F and PPR. Oh no, he's not higher in PPR somehow. Okay. Yeah. Wide receiver 23, but, um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, less disappointing to a lot of people, but I absolutely think he's a guy that can still finish as a top 12, top 15 RB. And, uh, after this next week, his schedule does open up and gets a lot easier, um, so, uh, I think he's a perfect trade for target right now. People know that this week is, uh, against the saints and he's uh, questionable and it's also coming off a bad week. So, uh, I think he's easy to get Nate. You'll be proud of me. I actually made a trade, uh, put my money where my mouth is on him, which is why I had him as my trade for target, but I traded away Anthony Richardson. Um, and this was in a redraft, not a dynasty, but redraft. I got Sam Howell. Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers. So uh, I needed some depth and I felt like that three for one was worth the value. And, uh, you know, this was last week when Sam Howell was coming off a bad week and, you know, he had a pretty good week this past week. So mm-hmm. um feel pretty good about that. But yeah, no, definitely uh, Ramondre, you can get him as a throw in to uh, downgrade it at a position like I did there. Um, and uh, I feel like he's a really good uh, target and you can probably maybe try to trade for him in dynasty as well. I think both, uh, you know, platform uh, i don't know if that's the right word both uh modes of play uh are conducive to uh him being a trade for target right now 
Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a good call there. I do think better days are ahead for Ramondre, um, particularly in the passing game. Uh, I did see some reports that they're you know talking about giving more work to Zeke. I know he's a little bit better this last game, and um, you know, could you know, be the better runner of the two. But I still think Ramondre is the guy that they need to start you know peppering with targets more like they did last year. Um, but uh, yeah, ho- hopefully they'll shift to that because it's it's definitely been disappointing so far. But uh, he's a good. Well, buy there low. was a re- there was a report that Ezekiel Elliott was going to get starter snaps. Uh, for this game, obviously going against the Cowboys this past mm. week, his former team. And that did not happen. Uh, Ramondre still out snapped him by almost 50%. So, mm. uh, you know, there have been some reports and that kind of scared me off of, Oh, maybe I should bench Ramondre. And to be fair, he still only had a, you know, eight, nine point game, but uh, you know, yeah, Zeke didn't really get starter snaps, but, um, but anyway, so yeah. Um, all right. Well, who's your trade for target? Uh, yeah. So Real quick, trade for target is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he has not, I think he's uh, quarterback 17 so far in six point passing league. So um, definitely not what people who drafted him super high wanted, but he also started slow last year in the first five games. So, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously we know he really caught fire later on in the season. So I think that'll happen again. Uh, some He'll get uh, Zay Jones back, who's one of his favorite weapons. So I think that'll be fine. Um yeah, I just think uh, Lawrence is definitely going to finish a lot better than where he is right now. So people might be freaking out on this the situation in general, and it's been four weeks. Um, it, was, it was a similar situation last year. So uh, just pick him up while you can and uh, just be happy. I like that. Um, all right, well, Nate, I'm interested to hear what you think about my trade-away target because even I am kind of scared to say this, but I do think that we've reached a point of hysteria to where this is – the time where we have to do it. It's not that I'm wanting to get him off my roster, but Puka Nakua with Cooper Cup coming back, I just don't think it's at all. Po- I mean, I mean, Puka Nakua can't be the wide receiver one over Cooper Cup, right? Like that's not going to happen, right? Like, and so these this you know historic rate. Uh, I mean, he has the most targets in the NFL right now. He has the most targets of any rookie ever through four games. Uh, most catches of rookie any rookie ever through four games. That, that's going to have to. Wow, yeah. So it's <laughs> all of it. Uh, but you know that has to slow down. It's going to have to with with Cooper Cup coming back. So here's the thing. I, I think right now in redraft, you can get Puka for like a Devonte Adams, for like a Amon Ross St. Brown, for like something like that. Please do it. Please do it. Like, I love Puka. It's super exciting. He's scary to go up against right now. Uh, he's coming off a 31 point game, but when Cooper cup comes back, I'm not saying Puka is going to be meaningless and I'm not even going to say there won't be some games where maybe Puka still scores more points than, than Cooper cup, but Cooper cup is going to be getting these targets like, like this crazy target share. That's going to be Cooper cup. So now's the time, even in dynasty, I think now's the time. Um, you know, uh, I am sitting on an offer right now, Nate, I'm interested to hear what you think. Uh, but it's Zay Flowers in a second for Puka Nakua. And Sweet. I know, I think I have to, right? But it's yeah. like, I am in a win now. So like, I like feel like, oh, I'm trading for future success, but I want to yeah. win now. You know what I mean? And like Puka's winning me matchups. So it's really hard for me to pull that trigger. But definitely yeah. in a rebuild, I would easily do it. But it is, uh, I'm struggling with that decision right now. But yeah, no, that's the kind of offers that you can get. You can, I, 
guarantee people will give you JSN for him right now. And I mean, I think a lot of people may feel that he is the rookie wide receiver one in this class and maybe they have a strong argument, but I'm not quite ready to go there until I see it with Cooper cup. Uh, if yeah. once he, if he's producing like this with Cooper cup, hell yeah, he's the rookie wide receiver one, but all of these other guys are producing in their offenses that are built the way the offense is supposed to run. Uh, th- that's not the case for Puka right now. Once Cooper cup comes back, he is the engine of that offense. So, uh, Puka is my trade away. It does hurt. It is hard, but that's, uh, that's the kind of moves you have to make in dynasty and, and reap that value or in, in fantasy, sorry, dynasty mm. and reject, uh, and reap that value while you can. Yep. I agree. Um, and that is my approach with my sell high, which is going to be everyone on the bears. Everyone that performed well last week. If you got a, if you got a bear, if you got Fields, uh, Herbert, DJ Moore, any of them, Cole Komet, uh, trade them. Now's the time uh, because we're we're not far enough along in the season where people just completely dismiss what whatever any offense does against the Broncos. Uh, but we're gonna get there because this Broncos defense so far is record breakingly bad. They are by far the worst DVOA in history since they started recording that in 1981. By far the worst. They are on pace to give up 55 passing touchdowns this season. The previous record was 45 by the Saints in 2015. So they're on pace to absolutely blast it out of the water. Uh, And they're also on place to allow almost 3,000 rushing yards, uh, 2,992 to be exact, which would be fourth most all time. Uh, So just passing game, running game, uh, points given up. It is arguably the worst defense that has ever graced an NFL football field. So, uh, yeah, I would be trying to trade away every Bears player that did good against them last week because this might be the best value you can get for them. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that in 29 NFL starts, the only 300-yard passing game and four-touchdown game uh, Fields has had is against that particular defense. Um, I also don't think it's a coincidence that uh, the Dolphins had 20 points this week against the Bills versus what they did against them last week. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's the Broncos, and uh, you'll probably hear me say a name or two that's playing against them in our start of the week section. Oh, do I have any against them? I don't. I do have one name that's. Oh, we might have. We might have some same names. We'll see what happens. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, you know, I don't fully disagree with you. I, um, what I'll say is that you know they are playing the uh, Commanders on Thursday night this week, which has a good pass rush, but their secondary is among the worst against uh, wide receivers. I think they're twenty uh, eighth. I think is what I saw. So you know they're might be another opportunity for the bears to do well this upcoming week uh, tomorrow night, uh, this being recorded on Wednesday. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was telling, we had a buddy in our league asking uh, the week before if he should trade Justin Fields. And I told him, no, you know, Justin Fields is going to have a big game and then you'll be able to, you know, add a first or whatever to whatever the offer is that you're being offered right now. And I think that's definitely kind of what happened. So if you are of the mind that, you know, Justin Fields isn't going to, be able to bounce back or you know even if he moves on from the bears next year that he won't have a job elsewhere i'm not quite of that mindset yet but um you know if you are there it's definitely time to try to get what you can for fields and i think that value is still uh reasonable as far as the other players like yeah like i was doing this for redraft by the way like khalil herbert and dj Moore. like i'm still keeping on a dynasty squad but okay okay this this is for redraft 
Yeah, 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 that's fair. And I think, you know, it, uh, what I was saying about fields could be applicable app, applicable to both redraft and dynasty. But um, but you should sell him. Yeah. I, but yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, even the other guys, you know, uh, if somebody will buy DJ Moore from me for a great price right now, I'll absolutely sell him because it does feel like, oh, can I start him this week? You know, so um, yeah, it, I definitely think that's, that's some good uh, good names to bring up there, but all right, well, let's get into our underdog stars of the week. These are some off-the-beaten-path names uh, that you might be on the fence about starting this week, and we're here to give you the green light and tell you to start these guys. So last week, my start of the underdog start of the week was Mr. Justin Fields, uh, and that uh, worked out really well for me going against the Broncos. Maybe that is the best strategy to do, Nate, just figure out whatever whoever's going against those Broncos. But um, definitely Justin Fields called uh, uh, feels good. Uh, I think he was wide receiver. Sorry, quarterback one last week. Did anybody? And he did it. What's amazing is he did all of the arms. So that's the, that, that, that's, but again, you know, maybe it was the Broncos D, but I think he'll have another good game against these commanders here. But my start of the week this week is a guy that's burned me a couple times. I've, I've started him over Joe Burrow in a couple of weeks because I'm worried Joe, Joe's not going to do well and then he'll suck and then I'll bench him and he'll go off. But this week he's going to go off because it's Ryan Tannehill going up against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Indianapolis Colts are a secondary that I'm targeting. Um, they don't really have any, you know, stalwart names there. And uh, they're, they're, they're staying in games. It's not like they're getting blown out, but the quarterbacks are always scoring a lot against them um, and, uh, and, and doing well. So definitely think Ryan Tannehill, this is a game for him to uh, have a good game. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be good. Underdog start of the week. I like it. And uh, yeah, I can almost guarantee you that uh, through this section, the rest of the year, I'm going to have at least one start of the week is going to be a guy playing the Broncos. Like there's just, I, I can't pass up that opportunity. So uh, assuming they aren't, assuming it's not, you know, as long as not some like, you know, obvious, like, oh yeah. Austin oh, I'll find playing the name. Even if it's the wide receiver three <laughs> on a team, he'll be the start of the week. Don't you worry. I'll find one. Um, yeah, no, there, there, there's plenty to go around against them. Uh, but uh, my QB start of the week is going to be Mr. Sam Howell. He is facing the Bears, and their defense sucks. So, uh, yeah, I think they're like 30th or tied for 30th uh, as far as fantasy scoring against quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very good matchup for him. Sam uh, just uh, Howell just came off a very good game. Uh, he seems to have this full support of the offense, and uh, he's looked really well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, and who'd last, you have week, last week, last week I had uh, Russell Wilson versus the Bears, uh, which I think he did solid. I honestly didn't look up his result before we started this, but uh, yeah, from you know they put up a good bit of points, and you know it was a comeback game, so I, I think he did fine. Yeah, no, he did have a good game. He put up twenty two points and was a top ten quarterback. So yeah, no, quarterback a... eight. All righty, yeah, yeah, I win that one. <laughs> good job didn't even didn't realize how did you get how well you did i mean um all right well last week uh this was another hit for me i had uh i mean you know relatively i had damian pierce um he had had some rough weeks and uh i believe uh where did he uh okay well he finished with 11 points last week so oh that's in standard i can't why does it keep fucking adjusting to standard oh, okay 12 points. <laughs> so I guess he had one catch. So, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, decent, you know, it was his second best game of the year. Um, so, you know, I don't know. 
I won't take the I'll, I won't take the W too hard on that one. But this week, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get my uh, player going against the Denver defense. I might be stealing a guy from you here, but uh, there's been a report that Brees Hall is finally gonna be off of a snap share. The Jets' offense is starting to click a little bit, and I think they're gonna feed Brees Hall against that Denver defense. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to want to embarrass Sean Payton. So even if they're up by three scores, they're still going to be out there, you know, trying to score. So I think this is just a perfect opportunity. Brees is not done too well. Or he really hasn't gotten a lot of work uh, the past two games. Uh, so this will be, you know, his coming out party for the year. I mean, he had a decent first game, but it was mainly just off of that one uh, long run. Uh, but I think uh, he'll have several long runs against the Denver Broncos. I was going to put Breeze for this section. So you absolutely stole I thought, it from I, me. Um, I thought we might have the same guy there. Yeah, this is definitely a ideal matchup against the Broncos. Breeze should get a few more snaps. Like you said, for the most part, he's been ineffective, but all it takes is one big run, and the Broncos have been allowing a lot of big runs. So uh, I think you're going to be fine there. That's That's a good start of the week, so – I will slowly pivot. I'm legit thinking about putting Dalvin Cook in here just because uh, they're so bad. Uh, I might just start. Hey, well. I, I I like it. You know, and and honestly, there's a little bit more glory to it. Like if you if he ends up having a good game, I feel like if you you even if Brees scores more than him, you kind of do better than me at the end of the day for the. Dude, I'm gonna take a big ass swing here, and okay. I'm gonna say that. Uh, Old Jonathan Taylor is a guy you should start this week. I'm going to bet that he shows up. And like I said, all it takes is one. And he has a history of fucking the Titans sideways. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, we're, we're, we're going for broke here. I'll put him as my start of the week at running back. Yeah, it's kind of – well, it's not all or nothing. Theoretically, he could play and, like, you know, just have an average game. You know, but, a snap uh... count, which is what I'm afraid of. Right, right. But, yeah, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, you could either – yeah – have a zero or be covered in glory uh, after this one. So definitely, I mean, and obviously if Jonathan Taylor is there and healthy, I think, you know, most people would start him, but there might be some hesitancy about the snap count or whatever like that. So, um, you know, keeping in mind, I did still breeze hall from you. That's not a bad pivot whatsoever. Uh, well, I took the first two here. So uh, let me make sure I'm probably not, but uh, let me go ahead and let you do the wide receiver first. Yeah. I should have made you let me do running back first. Cause I figured you were going to take breeze. Um, but, uh, yeah, wide receiver for me, it's going to be Romeo Dobbs this week versus the Raiders. Uh, you might have some people nervous because Christian Watson is, uh, you know, supposed to be back and going to be taking up some more time, but, uh, nah, man, he's, this guy's been good. I've sat him on the bench two weeks in a row and I've regretted it two weeks in a row. So I'm not making that same mistake again. He's had over 18 points back to back. Um, you know, he's had over 18 points in three out of the four games so far. So, uh, it's a favorable matchup against the Raiders and he seems to be the favorite target in that offense. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I can't leave him out of my flex spot again. So I'm definitely starting him and so should you. Yeah, I like that for sure. Um, you know, apparently I don't know. I didn't see any leagues where he's not rostered. I mean, but you know, there was some podcast I heard where they they he they had him on the waiver wire section. Yeah, yeah if he's on the waiver wire, he would definitely be the darling of the but I have 
you know, zero out of 21 leagues. And I mean, a lot of those are dynasties, but still yeah. uh, where he's on the waiver wire. So yeah, most, he, he seems pretty rostered to me, but if he is out there, yeah, beautiful pickup. And I think he's a good start of the week and probably a good start. Just most weeks. Again, I've always kind of said, I feel like he has just as much potential uh, to kind of be that number one receiver. Um, and I honestly think that he will be the one that's more dependable and Christian Watson will be more of a, like deep target does he get the touchdown type receiver but uh but yeah we'll we'll have to see how that plays out but i like that call for me i'm gonna stick in the same game as you uh but go on the other side of the ball and go to mr jacoby myers going against green bay he had a bad week last week but uh obviously that was with aiden o'connell playing when Jaco- uh when jimmy garoppolo has been there jacoby myers has been a top 12 uh, wide receiver. So I think uh, as long as Garoppolo is there and healthy, uh, Green Bay does have a great, uh, you know, obviously Jair Alexander, but we have to imagine that Jair is going to spend most of his time on Devontae Adams. And uh, that's going to leave Jacoby Myers uh, a little bit more open on, uh, you know, they still have some decent second and third uh, cornerbacks, but uh, you know, Jacoby is a really good route runner. I think he'll be able to kind of take advantage of their coverage. Uh, with with Jair on on Adams. So I like Jacoby Myers this week a lot against the Green Bay Packers. I like it as well. I hope it comes through because um yeah it's been a little bit of a you know he had some injury stuff but when he's been on the field he's been great. So hopefully that continues. Right. Um right. yeah for tight oh I forgot to mention uh for running back and wide oh. receiver last week's results. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I told you to start Zeke against Dallas, the whole revenge game thing that did not play out to your favor. So I apologize for that. Um, I did tell you for a wide receiver to start Adam Thielen, that was a wise move. He had over 15 points, was wide receiver 20 on the week. So, uh, so far, I'm at uh, two wins and one loss. Nice, nice. Um, yep, and for me, I mentioned Damian Pierce. Uh, you can call that a draw. Uh, and then uh, Josh Downs uh, versus the uh, Los Angeles Rams is who I had last week. And I don't think, yeah, he scored like six points. Yeah, that sucked. So I'll take a loss on that one. But uh, Jacoby Myers is my star for this week, and he's going to be a W, a fill it in my soul. I like it. I like it a lot. So, um, so yeah, you, you don't realize it, but you kind of double fuck me here because uh, by you taking Brees, you have taken my Broncos player. So I am now forced to change my tight end pick to a tight end that's facing the Broncos. So come on down, Tyler Conklin, because today's your day. You should have a career day versus the Broncos. Uh, It's just the stars have aligned for you. Uh, I'm not sure if he's had, honestly, any good results yet this year for the Jets, considering it doesn't need him. (laughs) <laughs> that, this, this last week, he had almost 12 points. He was tied in 16 uh, in week two against Dallas. He was tied in 13. Uh, so, yeah, th- th- this guy. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. 12 points was tied in 16. This must, must have been a good week for tight ends. It was. It was a very good week for tight ends. Because wow. there, there are some weeks where that would be top five. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like week one. Yeah. Yeah. And he he has um, the last three weeks, he has five or more targets in each week. So. So, yeah, I, this guy is actually trending up already. And uh, now he's facing a dog shit defense. So this might actually turn out really well for me. You've stumbled into a very nice underdog start of the week. I like it. Uh, and I think it's actually a really good, good pick as well. 
Um, well, all right, for me, um, you know, it's hard to find a really deep tight end. I feel like yours is deeper and more fun than mine. Uh, last week I had Kyle Pitts and it was a, you have to do it game. He didn't fucking do it. It was Johnny Smith instead. So, uh, curse you Arthur Smith. So yeah, I'm at the point now, uh, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but I'm starting Jake Ferguson and Tyler Higby over Kyle Pitts. It's just, uh, I'm not dropping them yet, but it almost feels like in redraft, maybe I should, you know, um, it's, it's, it's tough. And this happened last year. I fell for it fucking again. Anyways. All right. But so <laughs> Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts was my start of the week last week. He is not my start of the week this week, uh, this week. And, you know, I'm kind of, I just feel like it's not deep enough, but where did he finish last week? He had 13 points. That's Dalton Schultz. Uh, I have Dalton Schultz going against Atlanta. Probably not as deep as I'd like it to be, but it's hard to find some of these times. You know what? I'm going to pivot. I liked what you said. I don't normally like to do Thursday night games uh, because, you know, I don't know when listeners get to listen to this, but I'm going to go ahead and throw Logan Thomas in. Uh, you, you mentioned him going against uh, him too. the Bears, and I think that's actually a, a deeper and better pick uh, than – because, I mean, if you have Dalton Schultz, I mean, maybe you have a better tight end, but, you know, if he's on your roster, you're probably going to start him after last week. So, uh, so yeah, I'd like uh, – I'll go a little bit deeper, and I'll give, give you Logan Thomas going against the Bears. I like that. that that's good. Um, he was going to be my deep selection uh, if I couldn't pick Conklin, so I, I think you're you're in good company there. Uh, you stole Kyle Pitts from me last week. I did want to mention that. So thank you for You're that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but it made me pivot to Luke Musgrave, who had one catch for one yard. So, um, oops, didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, didn't he get a concussion though, or was that the week before? Or maybe uh, let me check his snap share. Um, I think he yeah, got yeah, a concussion. yeah. You're right. He, he got uh, bailed out. You got yeah, bailed yeah. Out. He You're got fine. a concussion. Got knocked out. Yeah, I, I remember. I wrote that down actually because um, yeah. I needed an excuse. So uh, <laughs> right, right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and and he still. I mean, I think that was early in the game when he got his target. It so, was, I mean, you know, yeah. you, was... if you pace it out, you would have had 20, 20 catches on the on the. On the on we'll the go games. with that. I'll, I'll I'll accept your answer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, well, well, all right, guys. Uh, here, let's just recap uh, real quick uh, for underdog starts of the week. Um, I had Ryan Tannehill going against Indy, Reese Hall at Denver, Jacoby Myers versus Green Bay, and Logan Logan Thomas versus the Bears. Yep, and I've got Sam Howell versus the Bears, uh, Jonathan Taylor versus the Titans. Come on, JT. Uh, Romeo Dawes versus the Raiders, and Tyler Conklin versus the Broncos. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys for rocking with us. It's another week in the books. Um, if you're, you know, 0-4, it's time to panic, uh, And you know, unless you're in a <laughs> dynasty rebuild. Comforting um, words from Josiah. Yeah, if you're uh, one and three, you know, don't give up yet. But, you know, if you lose this week, time to panic. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's where we're at. We're at possible panic time. Uh, but, you know, you guys are listening to this podcast, so we know we got a bunch of four and oh, one and three or three and one listeners here. So, uh, no, but I can't even say hey, that about myself. Was, Honestly, most of my leagues, I'm two and two. It's like, it's like so common. It's just, Two and two down the board, and, but and we've had a champion start off zero and four in redraft. Which, if you start off zero and four in redraft, you have no choice but to just keep fighting. Hopefully, you draft yeah. like Jonathan Taylor, yeah. or Austin Eckler. Like, there's some reason that you know your, your future looks better. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, keep keep at it, guys, and keep on the waiver wire. It'll get better. 
And if you do have 0-4 teams in your league, go offer them trades because they're probably looking to shake things up, even if it's you know not even you know typical trades that uh, that they would do otherwise. So, um, but anyways, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and all of those good things that help us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and whatever other platform you might be listening on. Um, yeah, you got any parting words for us, Nate? Oh man, we've covered it all. Probably spent too much time on it, honestly. But uh, yeah, we we've enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see y'all next week. So best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. For Nate, this is Josiah. Fantasy Dogs out.